Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. It's a new year and a new season here at Madlet Musings. This is Jamie Jill Wright, and I am so happy to have you all joining me here for a podcast where we not only talk to authors about the fiction that they're writing or the nonfiction that they're writing, but we also go deeper into topics that affect our faith and our life. And so I am so excited to have you join me this season here at Madlet Musings with a whole litany of authors. We'll also be including some new nonfiction authors to the roster. It's gonna be a great season. So be sure to like, to subscribe and follow so you're notified of every single new episode. We'll be posting twice a week now, and it's just gonna be so exciting. So I'm glad to have you all joining me here at Madlit Musings. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mad Lit Musings. Um, we are kicking off the new year with a good friend and a fellow author from the Baker Publishing Family House. She's from Ravel. I have Erin Bartles with us. Hi, Jamie. Hey, how's it going? It's going very well. Good. Is it as cold in Michigan as it is in Wisconsin? No, I wish it was. It's like 50 degrees today, and it's just gray and disgusting. Yeah. I would yeah. much rather have snow. I know. I would too. In fact, we had a lot of snow and it was great. And then it just all melted. Yep. Same. But today, today it's like in the, it's in the low forties. So it is colder here. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. I'd like it to snow again. January without <laughs> snow is very weird. I don't like it. No, I'm a snowbird. I've wanted to go snowshoeing and it's not happened yet. So we'll see what happens, but cool. Well, you have a new book that's coming out on the 17th. So yep. we're like right on the cusp of its release. Super yes. exciting. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, yes, it's called Everything is Just Beginning. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it over my shoulder. <laughs> and it's a story of uh, two musicians. It's told from one point of view, though. So it's told from the point of view of a guy named Michael, who was kicked out of his band and out of his apartment, which he shared with his band and um, is living with his uncle who doesn't like him and he doesn't really care for his uncle either and he steals an invitation I guess is, is the case he, he really takes an invitation that's meant for his uncle because they share the same name and he uses this invitation to a new year's eve party that is the last night of 1989 and it's at a producer's house and oh. he thinks okay if I can get to know this guy, maybe I can get in good with the band again and get my, you know, rock star dreams off and running. Um, but what he doesn't realize is that the producer, while he's a, a great person and uh, an important, he will become an important person in his life. The really important person is someone he doesn't even know lives in the house. And so he's going to meet someone there who's going to change his life. And it's all about music and friendship and the family you choose when you can't choose your own situation and okay. you know, all this, all sorts of things like that. 
Yeah, well, it sounds super exciting. And it's not often that you get the topic of a musician in a book. Yeah, it's not, it's not terrible. I, mean, I, can't think I think a lot, of, a lot of times it's books that are um, sort of delving into sort of a sex, drugs, and rock and roll world. And right. so a lot yeah. of those Christian fiction, I don't think. <laughs> so yeah, maybe they're a little more rare in our world. Probably, probably. That's funny. That's funny. I love that concept, though, when you mentioned finding family, um, when you can't always choose what your own situation is. So tell me a little bit about that. How does that work into the book and, and life in general? Yeah, yeah. Well, so Michael's father um, and his uncle are twins. And of course, he's named after his uncle, not his father. And so there's a story there. Okay. And, and really, his father's never really been around. And he had just kind of a, a difficult upbringing with a single mom in the 80s. And um, as I said, his, his uncle doesn't really care for him. He thinks he's bad luck. And he lives in, you know, kind of a trailer situation where it wasn't even supposed to be a house. It was like the brake trailer that they were using for a construction job. And his uncle has lived kind of a hard life, um, but he has this connection to this family, this musical family where the, the man of the house, Dusty, was a guitarist turned producer. The, his wife, Deb, was sort of a singer songwriter in the 60s and put out some popular albums and then just stopped um, recording. And then they have a daughter and that's the, the secondary character. But the idea that you, you, you can't choose what situation you're born into. You can't choose your family members, but at some point you start choosing friends and you start choosing maybe coworkers if you wanna work a certain place. And the idea that you can, um, you can sort of build your own family around you that's supportive rather than dragging you down. Um, and so that's kind of what Michael will end up having to do. Okay, so he kind of like builds his own family community around himself. Right, and, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and he sees like a the way this family interacts with each other is very, very different than the way his okay. family interacts with each other. And so it's kind of a, a discovery that, oh, there's a different way that I could live than mm. what I'm used to. Yeah. And I think seeing possibility is really important for all of us, no matter what age you are, no matter what yeah. your situation, whether it's, there's a possible different future, there's a possible different way to act, there's a possible different um, thing that I could do and be really good at. And I think that seeing possibility and not thinking that everything's closed to you is a really important part of, of keeping up hope and, and keeping up drive and creativity and things like that. Yeah. So thinking about family, you know, it's interesting because I've, you know, obviously I've had lots of friends in life and there's, it's so interesting to see the dichotomy of different families and mm -hmm. how those units are either really dysfunctional or they're very functional. But yeah. I think in a way we all have some dysfunction <laughs> in our family histories. And, you know, how do you, obviously you're writing fiction too, but how do you think a family affects a person's ability to become who they are as adults and, and do the oh, thing yeah. they want to do versus yeah. the family wants. Well, I could say even in my own family situation, I can see it between the way my mom was raised and the way my mom raised me. Hmm. And um, actually both my parents, I mean, they're still together. I wasn't a single mom family, um, but my mom growing up was uh, the child of people, two people who didn't seem to really care for each other. Her father was abusive. He was bipolar and unmedicated. He was usually drunk. He was often sleeping around. And, um, 
she just had a really hard upbringing and she made a choice at some point and it was a better way of being was modeled for her by her mother-in-law. Okay. Um, and that was really important to her. And she always felt very close to her mother-in-law, my grandmother on my dad's side. And the way she raised me was, and my sister was so much different than the way she was raised. I never thought there was anything I couldn't do ever. Oh, wow. And that is one of the greatest gifts that she has given me. And my dad too, they, they were both always supportive of everything I ever wanted to do, even though like all of my interests as a kid, there's no career in there that would ever make any <laughs> amount of money. You know, it was just like, I was interested in English and I was interested in art and music and theater and things like that. And yeah. it's just like, this isn't going to pay the bills or if it does, it's just going to barely pay the barely bills. Pay the bills. You know? And a lot of parents would dissuade their kids from going into the arts or, or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, maybe they want you to be what they were, or they want you to make sure you aren't what they were. Um, but they were always very supportive. And I think that the characters of Dusty and Deb, these two people um, who Michael learns to, to love and to choose okay. as part of his family are, are very, uh, are, aren't my parents, they're not based on my parents, but there are sure. um, shadows of my parents in them. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to have people who stifle creativity as irrational or not, not applicable to life. Yeah. Oh, and what's terrible is like, you, you hear people with their stories all the time about teachers who dissuaded them yeah. from something like, what kind of a teacher was this that just told you you couldn't do this? And you know, a lot of it has to do with that person's background and what yeah. they felt was open to them. Yeah. And it's not really about you. It's about them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so true, though. I mean, my parents um, were very similar to yours in that I always felt like I could pretty much do everything I wanted to do, except after I watched Top Gun and said I wanted to, you know, join the Navy and become a pilot. My dad was a little bit like, um, OK, let's have a real conversation now about reality. Um, but aside from Top Gun, <laughs> um, they were really encouraging and I loved that about them. And then when I hit my high school, early college years was thinking, okay, they're biased. Like I obviously not a good writer. It's just mom and dad saying, but it's funny how in spite of bias, I still felt like I could conquer the world creatively. Yeah. Yeah. That you, that's so huge. And if there's something you don't know how to do, then you learn how to do it. Right. You know? And just knowing that you're capable of learning is a huge, huge thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So why do you think creativity is important when it comes to, you know, like our spiritual walk and our faith walk? Is there a place for that creative personality within a faith that is so often based on truth, theology, doctrine, and some of the more black and white elements that people like to try and make it into. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of the issue where you have a feeling that these things are at odds is because of the way Western civilization has experienced uh, faith. Yeah. And there are very different ways that that people express faith. Um, and I'm not talking about just like different religions. I'm saying within Christendom, um, you know, there are very westernized ways of looking at things and we have to categorize these things and systematize these things. And, and certainly I think that what you believe actually does matter, like, like that actually matters, but 
of course, the way in which we're made in the image of God is we're made creative because mm -hmm. he's creative mm -hmm. and to not exercise those abilities in, in a way that, um, is the best you can do because mm -hmm. you're representing not just yourself, but, but God as well and doing it to his glory. I, I mean, I can't think of a better way to be in life than to, do the things that you were gifted to do and the things that you're energized by. And you can always find a way yeah. to do that in a faithful way, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's funny because I don't know if you were of the generation and or the churchy background where, you know, rock and roll music was, you know, went through its period of how can I we was, incorporate I was that not. into Christianity? <laughs> My husband was, but I was not. I grew up, in fact, one of the reasons I wrote about music is because of my upbringing. Um, my dad is an audiophile, which means that he spends a lot of money and time on stereo systems. And we weren't concert people because concerts are dumb because you pay for a seat and then everybody stands. And I'm, I don't know why I'm paying for the seat. But um, but we he made listening to music and art in our house and listening to it loud. And it wasn't like, we have to listen to Christian music. It was listening to everything. And I didn't even know that like the evangelical subculture had its like own yeah. thing until I started dating my husband. Oh, <laughs> and then I was funny. like, wait, what? <laughs> There's a Christian version of everything. Why not just do everything well? <laughs> and so it's very strange to me. And, mm -hmm. and so I've always been, had very wide taste in music. And um, it was really fun to explore that and to just remember how um, healing and, and yeah. just like soul deep, that soul deep love that you have for music. And there's a, there's a big aspect of, of music and, and people following bands and things like that, that feels very religious in a lot of ways, you know, oh, yeah. there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in it. Um, and I think that there, there's a lot of bad things and there are a lot of good things. And that's the true of anything in life. Anything. Anything in life, into something bad, and you can turn anything to something good. Yes, yes, and you know it's funny because I brought that up because I went through a stretch where there was a few people in my life. And it wasn't even my parents, but they were very adamant that there was this specific sort of music mm -hmm. that you can listen to, and outside of that, yeah. you couldn't. And what bothered me so much to the point, like I literally got angry was how can a creative God who creates all this amazing creation that is not fit into a specific mold suddenly have all these, you know, very specific mm -hmm. ways that he's going to confine a musical creativity. Right. Yeah. And there are definitely, you know, <laughs> there are some albums that like, I wouldn't have in my house because of the album art, like the eighties were oh, pretty right. Album oh, 80s was raw for some of that. <laughs> and, I, and I will say that I remember my dad went on a business trip. He worked for a store. And so a lot of times he got like a lot of stuff when he went on these trips. Sure. And he got like <laughs> the cassette of um, Def Leppard's Hysteria. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I want this because I had heard one song. And it wasn't even that I had heard the song and liked it. It was that I liked the video. Okay. Because I was an animal lover and they had a video for the song animal that was just a bunch of zoo animals. And I was like, oh yeah, I really like this band. And he's like, well, <laughs> why don't you play me the song that you like? And of course with tapes, unless you had right. the, the high end, and we did have some high end equipment, but not 
I don't think this existed yet. The technology where it would stop between songs. Oh, right, like, right. You had to find it. And yep. so I kept trying to find it. And because to like all the songs sounded the same. And I'm like, I don't know where it is. And he's like looking at the lyrics. He's like, yeah, I don't think you're going to have this. Because of course, I think I was like six. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I love this band. But what's so funny about that is I really I love do it. love that album. <laughs> that is so hilarious. I love it. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that background. And I love, I, lo I just love creativity. And I love that your book that you're writing explores mm. creativity and how God makes us all unique. And there's so many boxes that, you know, today's culture, especially Western culture is just really trying to squeeze people into this, that, and the other. And, oh, yeah. you know, within biblical principles and such, I just think creativity is such an awesome thing to explore. So it's yeah. so cool that you're doing that in fiction. Yeah. And what's so strange about our time, I think, is that, you know, everything's available to you and people are sort of crossing genres all the time. But at the same time, if you're creating something, you're definitely told you need to be able to market this. And so you right. need to know what genre it is. You need right. to know how. And that's one of the things that these two musicians kind of disagree about in this book is okay. one of them wants to fit into a particular mold because that's how you get success. Mm. And the other one's saying, but is that really what you want? Like, is that how you want to spend your life? Do you really enjoy this? Um, or is there a way that you can be more playful with your creativity? And, and as somebody who's, who's written, this is my fifth book and I'm writing a sixth now, um, I felt that pressure yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> to fit into a genre that you can market. And right. they've, my books have been labeled a lot of different things, depending on the outlet. It's mm -hmm. women's fiction. It's Christian fiction. I've heard something called romance. And I'm like, I don't write romance, uh, something called a thriller. I'm like, I don't think I wrote a thriller, you know, like <laughs> I, people don't know what to do with it. And I don't even right. know how to describe it when people ask. Right. So to me, writing this book was a way of exploring some of those things. Those pressures were like, you want to make something that you love, but you also want other people to experience it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. why make it? Right. So it's kind of like those, those two forces being at odds within, I think any artist. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I relate to that. And it's cool. You know, I like the fact that you don't really, I don't want to say fit into a genre, but you, <laughs> you don't. And I've had a few people ask me like, so what does she write? And I'm like, she writes about life. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think her books are about life and you're going to get something that's going to make you think. Uh, yes, that's, that's, that's true. good. <laughs> I'm glad that that's something that can be identified. So your new genre is the life genre. There you go. There. <laughs> Real life. Things Real life. <laughs> but fiction. Real Read life, but fiction. <laughs> <laughs> They're good I, for book clubs because there's always something you can talk about. Yeah. Like an issue or, you know, characters that tick you off or whatever. Right. right. And it's really relevant. It's relevant to the time. I guess. <laughs> It's relevant to me, which is why I was writing it. Well, and that's when, as a writer, you hope it's relevant to your readers. And usually yeah, it is. So. Some of them uh, tell me it is. So that's good. I, I think I think you're doing okay. I think you've got a following. <laughs> oh, man, this is awesome. So the book is called Everything is Just Beginning. Mm -hmm. And it is. So this podcast is going to air on January 5th. So it's not out yet, so it's available for pre-orders. So tell us a little bit about how we can find out more about it, yes. get it, et cetera. Absolutely. So you can pre-order it from 
any store that sells books, um, I encourage people, if they have a local independent bookstore, to just give them a call or a visit and say, I want to pre-order this book, or even after it's out, if it's not there, just ask them. They're happy to order things for you because yeah, <laughs> they, they want you to shop there. And right. um, if you don't have one of those, I always encourage people to buy from one of my local bookstores. And one of the great things about publishing with Ravel is that there is an actual retail arm of the publishing company called Baker Bookhouse. And if you order from Baker, you get 40% off and free shipping. So it's like, a lot of people order from Amazon because they get, oh, it's the best deal. Not necessarily. Um, you can get just as good of a deal or better from Baker. So that's a great way to go. But really any online source, would you'd be able to order it as well. And one of the really fun things about writing this book that I don't want to forget to mention yeah. um, is that it, now I, I started playing guitar when my son was really young and I'm not a good guitarist. I'm very mediocre. I can't play bar chords, which are supposed to be like the easiest. Oh, those things are horrible. They're horrible. I can't um, do it either. I Okay, great. And You're so, not alone. you know, I really enjoy playing songs and um, I definitely thought, well, I'm going to be writing lyrics for certain songs for this book because it's right. all about music and they're, they're writing songs together. And I was asking my husband who's played guitar since he was like 14, um, could you help me write some actual songs? And he was like, I think you could do it. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know anything about that. He's like, I think you can do it. And so one of the fun things I got to do was explore songwriting. And so I actually did write the whole song for, I don't know, maybe half a dozen songs that are in this book. Um, and readers of the book, once you get to the end, there's a few QR codes for fun. You know, it's a book about music. So there's two Spotify lists. One of them is Michael's mixtape. It's the music that he listens to. There's some stuff from Hysteria on there. Oh, I got the end of the eighties. So it's all epic. (laughs) And, um, and then there's the listening room because in the house of, of this producer and his family, there's a listening room because listening to music is very important to me. Um, And they listen to a lot of awesome music. So I have the Spotify list for the listening room. And the third thing is there's a secret webpage. Oh, And there are actual recordings. I had a friend of mine who's a a real musician do some some recordings. So his voice is Michael's voice. And then um, he did the guitar work for a couple of the songs. And then I sing one of the songs as Natalie, this other character. Um, So we have those recordings that are really well done. And then there are also videos of me covering their (laughs) songs. So it's like me playing badly, (laughs) covering their (laughs) But I want people to like, I love it. it's a secret webpage. You have to have a password and you can only figure out the password if you read the book. Oh um, my gosh. And it's I just really got really hope, interactive. I really, really hope that people send in their own renditions of the songs. Cause I also put the lyrics and the chords on there so they could actually learn the, the melody. Up. That is so cool. You have to read the book. You have to read the book in order to figure out what the password is. But you'll be able to figure out. It's not like so. Oh, yeah, it's not, we it's not like doing equations or anything. Like I had to read with a note journal. Okay, right. Line four down over eight. I once, I, okay. once was, um, I was signing arc an arc of my first book for another writer, and just to mess with her because she wasn't around when I was signing it. I underlined a bunch of words on random pages and said, you need to look through the whole book for a secret message. <laughs> and she went through the whole book. No. I could see her turning the pages and like writing stuff down. 
and it was utter nonsense. Oh, that's hilarious. I love it. That's so fun. So it's not like that. You'll be able okay. to get one word and you'll be able to figure it out. Okay. So we don't <laughs> need a degree here. in cryptology or something like that. No, no. You just have I'm... to be someone who reads even mildly closely. <laughs> like just pay a little bit of attention. A little bit of attention and you'll be able to figure this out. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, it's not super daunting. It's super interactive though. This sounds really, really fun. Yeah. It was really so... fun. That's exciting. I'm going to have to get this for my daughter. She's 13, but she's just getting into reading like adult fiction now. Yeah. And she plays ukulele and guitar. So I'll have to have her try a cover for you or something. That would be awesome. We'll have so, to TikTok yeah, I mean, I want people to email me their videos yeah. so I can put them on there. Oh my gosh, this, this is so fun. Because it's like, it's like a club that you, there's no entrance. Like you have to go to the back entrance and like know the password and right. like know the bouncer and like knock the certain way to get in. Right, right. I like that. I love that. It'd be fun if you have a, like a little graphic bouncer that comes out. Says, oh my gosh, that'd be great. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't either. We'll just pretend. We'll pretend. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So this is great. So we can pre-order the book anywhere. Baker Bookhouse gives us 40% off and free shipping and they wrap it in paper, which is so cool. I don't think um, I knew that. <laughs> yes. They literally hand wrap them in brown paper so you open this it's like opening a present when you get it I love it I order it just for that it's it's the dumbest psychological marketing (laughs) see and I don't know that because I actually work for bakers so I get a lot of free books from them I don't have to order you should demand that your free books get wrapped I should that's great Oh man, Erin, this was great. So everybody needs to rush out and order. Everything is just beginning because there's music that goes with it, which we've now learned. And that is pretty awesome. So thank you so much for being here today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and for, you know, pushing through the Zoom issues we had at the beginning. Hey, you know, no worries. just part of life so all right well and hopefully it'll snow for both of us yeah we'll see if not we will um send each other emojis of rainstorms yeah and Sad sadness rainstorms. sadness <laughs> all right well, thanks for being with us clouds. <laughs> i love that thanks for being with us thanks a lot jamie Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.